there is a creature alive today who has survived millions of years of evolution without change, without passion, and without logic. It lives to kill. A mindless eating machine. It will attack and devour anything. It is as if God created the devil and gave him Jaws. Welcome everyone to Cinemarcade. This is the podcast that's all about movies, video games, and the sparks that fly when those worlds collide. My name is Steve Gunley, and just when you thought it was safe to get back into the water, my fellow podcasters popped out and attacked me with their mighty, mighty jaws. Who is with me today? Look, I just want to say that it's never safe to go into the water uh, because no. you never know when a wild Justin will appear. <laughs> it's very true. I, there's a problem with that, especially in the hot weather. Yeah, and especially because I can't swim. <laughs> <laughs> so if I'm there, please save me. So if it feels like someone's attacking you, it's just Justin drowning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Honestly, uh, I'm J-Ban and I think surfers are magicians. Um, <laughs> I, I don't understand how they live. I don't understand how children surf. Like, I, I just, I see them surf when I was in California, and I was just like, how? Yeah. How did their parents let them do this? What is going on? That's death juice out there. The <laughs> ocean is death juice. <laughs> oh, death juice. Also, if you while, drink it, you die. <laughs> while watching this movie, uh, I had a wonderful conversation with my roommates, and we ended up coming to the conclusion that the ocean is soup. The ocean is soup. It, it's, I guess it's kind of a gumbo. It's soup. Yeah, yeah it There's is a kind of a gumbo. In there. I don't think it's quite a stew, though. Not enough milk in there. Not enough milk. Not enough ground beef. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There needs to be more beef in the ocean. <laughs> we need to get more cows into the ocean. We absolutely do. How many cows do you think are in the ocean? Sea cows or regular cows? Regular. It's probably at least one, right? It's a big-ass ocean. I've seen, like, the coasts of places where cows just go into the water. Yeah. But yeah. they feel like they usually come back. Yeah, they do. Well, yeah, they come back. <laughs> yeah, but how many didn't? I saw this documentary called Life of Pi, where there were a bunch of animals <laughs> that went into the water. I didn't see a cow, but I believe a cow would have would have been out there. Okay, All right. Uh, obviously, we're talking about Jaws today. You can tell from that whole seamless preamble. We're talking about Jaws. This is a J-Band's choice. J-Band is uh, always bringing the classics, the classics with the really, really, really great games attached to them that are very, very, very faithful to the movies. Yeah, I'm starting to pick up on a trend. Yeah, between this and uh, Vertigo, you're, you're 10 for 10 on the classics that have seamless uh, adaptations. Why did you want to choose uh, Jaws today, uh, Just because the last movie we watched was so bad um and so i wanted a, a palate cleanser it's also summertime the fourth of july is next weekend so it's exactly the time of year that jaws took place yeah uh and i fucking love this movie so any excuse to watch it i like how each one of us uh like 
brought in somebody to watch Jaws with us yeah. this time. Yeah, it's perfect. Yeah. It's not a movie that, like, like other movies, like Vertigo, you're like, oh, I'll watch this alone. But Jaws, people are like, yeah, fuck yeah, I'll watch Jaws. Obviously. My, my roommate literally came home while I was watching Jaws and went, oh, shit, is this Jaws? And I went, yeah. And he goes, all right. And he just sits down and watches it with me. And uh, <laughs> as, as has been true with many of the movies we've covered here, this was Justin's first time with Jaws. Yes, so, this was my first time seeing Jaws. Welcome to the Maw, as we, we call it. Fandom of Jaws. I think we should start calling it the Maw. <laughs> the Maw. I, uh, I think I've seen two of the movies so far. Wow. Okay. Which is a wonderful. And they were both record. toys. You've seen toys twice. Yes. And that was yeah, it. yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I mean, for me, you look, uh, Jay Banner, you could probably relate to this too. Like when you're really, really nerdy about movies, people yeah. always ask, what is your favorite movie? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of an impossible question to pose to people like us because like we've seen so many and yeah, so like you're like top five top ten like you can't like well, i can give a number one because i discovered my number one when i was like 12 and like, Ooh, what is your number one uh singing in the rain singing in the rain good choice that's in my top 10 but uh uh depending on the day you ask me jaws is often my number one movie like that's my number one of all time it's either that or the apartment from billy wilder Ooh, those are my good movie those are my two like Number one with a bullet. Um, this is my favorite Spielberg movie. This is one of my favorite adventure movies. I think this movie is flawless. So fun. I've seen it maybe 30 times. We were actually just sitting down watching a few scenes of it while we were eating dinner before this. And we had to physically pull ourselves away from it. Because it's like, all right, this is a two-hour movie. We've got a podcast to do. But uh, it's one of those movies, man. If it, if it comes on TV, you have to sit and yeah. watch the whole thing. We all watched it yesterday, and we would have all sat down and watched it again. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so I don't have too much, like, deep research on Jaws because I have a lot of facts that I just burned right into my brain because I love this movie and I love the story of it. But this movie was released on June 20th, 1975. It's directed by Steven Spielberg, written by Carl Gottlieb and Peter Benchley, and it's based on his novel, and it stars Roy Scheider, Robert Shaw, Richard Dreyfus, Lorraine Gary, and Marie Hamilton as America's worst mayor. Uh, yeah. I mean, um, worst. Uh, honestly, there's people making a run for that title. There's so. uh, there's a lot of people now who are trying um, to keep the beaches open, <laughs> metaphorically. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. Um, and but, especially three years ago. This is one of those movies. It's such a touchstone that you tend to forget what a disaster everyone thought it was going to be everyone involved in this movie thought it was going to be just the biggest bomb of all time so the book came out in 1974 written by peter benchley universal bought the rights to it pretty quickly they were shopping around a couple directors but they kept getting harassed daily from a 26 year old filmmaker named steven spielberg he'd only directed two films so far but he was very very eager to take on this project i love how many of these stories from back in the day are like this guy just annoyed the hell out of us until we agreed <laughs> to let him do it did you so we did yeah. did you see the fablemans no so it's sort of very autobiograph- uh, autobiographical. Yeah. And like in the end, he's just like pounding the pavement trying to get people to mentor him. And he's just like really relentless. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it, it goes a long way. I think it went further back then before we were kind of aware, a little more uh, cognizant of our personal boundaries. But <laughs> yeah, no, he really went for it. And he really when wanted people it. still used mail. 
Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So Universal gave him a shot. They gave him a $3.5 million budget, which was about the standard budget for a movie at that time. It would wind up costing $12 million, which is four times the budget they started with and making it one of the more one of the more expensive movies ever made at this time. Like $12 million now is like Robert Downey Jr.'s catering budget, but <laughs> back then it was a lot. Can you imagine having a $12 million food budget? God, that'd be... <laughs> Pretty dope. I imagine it constantly. I, I dream of it. Uh, so he assembled a really killer cast. He got a lot of a great crew together. But almost from day one, this film set was kind of a disaster. Um, the biggest and most notable problem, the shark didn't work. Yeah, this is the part that I know about. Yeah. So they, hey. they built this uh, animatronic shark. They named it Bruce. And it was perfect in every way except for one little thing. They forgot to test it in water. Uh, so the they moment forgot to test it in salt in water, salt water specifically salt water. You're right. You're right. And so once they put it in the salt water, it rusted up. Everything kind of sparked out and it just was like this like log that they were dragging behind a boat. Completely unconvincing. So they needed to build an entirely new model. And in the meantime, you've got these three male stars who are all kind of famously a little difficult, all famously kind of have their egos and have their machismo and they're trapped on a very small boat together for days at a time so they're sniping at each other they're attacking uh spielberg there was one point during one of the calmer moments on set where richard dreyfus turned to his castmates and he said if any of us had any brains we'd walk off this project right now like kind of floating the idea of a mutiny on this set and spielberg himself was Get really exactly <laughs> floating mutiny. i'm boat. using all the terms uh, so Spielberg himself was getting really depressed and really frustrated. He thought this was going to be the end of his career. And the thing that saved this movie, or rather I should say the person who saved this movie, is the editor, a woman named Verna Fields, who uh, does not get enough credit for her involvement in this movie. She absolutely rules. She took the footage that they were able to cobble together for this movie. She saw that there was good quality cinematography in here. There were good performances that Spielberg had captured. But he'd completely lost his confidence, and she cut this movie together into the masterpiece that we know it now. Like, there are a lot of things that you just would never guess from this movie. Like, many of the shark scenes had to be shot in a swimming pool because it didn't really work very well in the open ocean. So you can't tell that there's a swimming pool here. Uh, a lot of the nautical shots, like, had to be cut short because people kept sailing their pleasure craft into the background. <laughs> and the whole point is supposed to be, like, these three men against nature, you know, if they're supposed to be isolated out there, it doesn't look cool for catamarans going by and people drinking beer. So she cut around all of that. She made this whole thing work. Uh, but, you know, there were some really positive early test screenings, but even still Universal was a little hesitant. And so they developed a whole new way of releasing this movie. Now, around this time, the way you release movies is totally different than we do it today. You start in New York and L.A., and you work your way inward on kind of like a, a, a schedule, you know, and depending on how well the movies do, they could they could peter out before they ever get to Kansas. You know, there, there are whole parts of the country that may not get the movie. Man, so it must have sucked hit. to live in Kansas. It, it, it really sucks to live in Kansas. You just never get movies. You right. only get the best. Well, honestly, that might be super cool because you yeah. only get the best movies. Yeah, yeah, but... that's true. You're only getting the really like popular ones. But Universal decided, all right, we're going to cut our losses. We are going to open this movie in every single market at the same time. 
And in doing so, they basically created what we now know as the summer blockbuster. This is the model of film releasing that we have now uh, because of Jaws. That's the, the reason that we do the uh, uh, release movies the way that we do. This was an unbelievably massive success. This is the highest grossing film of all time when it came out. It made $476 million in 1975 money. That's off of that $12 million budget. Uh, it would be topped by Star Wars in like two years, but still, that was a really incredible I wonder who got all of that money. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's that probably pretty well, much you know 400 million in profit that's <laughs> pretty incredible that's absolutely unbelievable and it was this huge cultural phenomenon like it it not only changed the way we view movies it changed the way we view sharks the animal that predates us by millions of years we now have a totally different and completely uh incorrect view of what, what sharks are and uh, how afraid of them we should be. Look, I don't care what anybody says. I'm going to be afraid of a shark. <laughs> Look, there's a, there's, <laughs> it's reasonable to be afraid of a shark. But more people are killed every year by dogs. More and I am also afraid of big dogs. Hippopotami, you know. I like, would be terrified of a hippo. <laughs> yeah. I mean, sharks are just pretty low on the killer list, you know. Like, you, you have to be really kind of provoking the shark to for it to attack you. But... It became this whole thing like there's this whole all these phobias arose around going into the water like that's pretty unbelievable. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of the, the, the basic information we need about Jaws. It would spawn three sequels, all of which were progressively worse, in my opinion, like Jaws 2 is like, OK, and then Jaws 3 is pretty bad. And then Jaws 4 is embarrassing. And it's one of those franchises like it feels like. All right, what what is it now? Like close to thirty five years, we haven't had a Jaws movie. Like it, it's it feels like a, a series that no one wants to touch. You're forgetting we have the ultimate sequel to Jaws. And Deep that blue is, sea. No, Shark Week. Oh, Shark Week. We yeah. are so obsessed with sharks because of Jaws. We now have entire weeks, months, years dedicated to sharks on the Discovery Channel. Sharkier was <laughs> now, great. Now I'm this just going to point really out, and I had referenced this masterpiece previously. Yeah. Uh, can we consider Sharknado to be a successor to the final Jaws movie? I mean, that's the crazy thing. We have an entire cottage industry of shitty shark movies. Like, shark Hold movies. on! Excuse me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> what? To, I'm sorry to besmirch, besmirch our torn, uh, Sharknado fans in here. But, I mean, yeah, no. Yeah, like, shark movies are a genre now because of Jaws. Like... Not very many movies can claim to create an entire genre, which is pretty amazing. Um, I have a question for yeah. you all. Is Jaws a horror movie? I was just thinking about that. I don't think it is. I don't think it is either. Especially, like, I think that was my big surprise. I saw this movie fairly late. Like, I was in my 20s when I saw this movie. And I remember being surprised that it wasn't more of a horror movie. Because it always been presented by my parents as, like, one of the scariest movies I'd ever seen. Really, all the super scary stuff is kind of front-loaded in the first half. The second half is a, just a very, like, rip-roaring adventure movie. Yeah. And except think, for Quint getting eaten. Except for Quint getting eaten. That's pretty grisly, but... Nah, like, he's fine. It, it kind of manages to be influential as a horror movie because of the masterstroke of not showing the shark for mm -hmm. the first half of the movie. Which was, of course, a necessity. Totally uh, intentional. Totally intentional. No, like, that was one of those, like, serendipitous accidents. Because Spielberg was going to show the shark early and often. Like, you know, they're like, hey, we built this thing. Why wouldn't we show this thing? 
And the fact that they had to wait until the midpoint of the movie, that very iconic scene of Roy Scheider shoveling chum over the back of the boat and the shark just pops up out of the water. Unbelievable. Such an effective scene. So scary. And uh, that really has been often imitated and rarely perfected, I think. So it's really interesting that you talk about, so there's so much to talk about in this movie, like uh, like everyone's talked about it, but like I, there's a couple things I wanted to, to touch on. Yeah. Uh, first of all is, um, so Steven Spielberg, um, he, so the book, I had, I tried, I tried my that, best to fucking read it. That book sucks. It's so, like, I don't know how, it's a miracle that this book was a bestseller, <sighs> like, because the people are so unlikable, like, in... So Steven Spielberg's masterstroke, which he did in so many other films, um, as a um, uh, like in *Poltergeist* as the writer mm. uh, and other films as the director, made the protagonist likable. Yeah, and super like they uh, he has a rock solid marriage, but in the book, um, his wife he's being cuckolded by his wife with uh, Hooper, with, with Hooper, with the, the Dreyfus character. Yeah, and it's just like. Uh, I don't know, um, but yeah, I, I, one day I would like to get through that book. I just don't, I don't, I don't, I just don't know if I can put my through myself through it. This is uh, definitely one of the film adaptations that's like surpasses the book in pretty much every way. Yeah, yeah, and it's so um, it's so interesting um, about uh, making because like in in the horror genre, um, there's like this. There's this dynamic between making the protagonist likable and making them hateable so that when you see them uh, get eaten. But when we see um, the first girl, um, Christy? Chris, Chrissy. Chrissy. Uh, get eaten. Uh, like the reaction of the cop like falling over and like almost throwing up. Like you get such a, a touching moment of this woman like taken out of the prime of her life and it's still it has weight and gravitas to it at the same time being light and airy i don't know how i don't know how the fucking i don't know how that works but it fucking works it works and i mean spielberg really is exceptional at creating realistic human behaviors he took a lot from robert altman who was a a, a peer and a mentor to him. Robert Altman is best known for doing a lot of overlapping dialogue, and you see a lot of that in here, which is great because it means it sounds very natural, it sounds very human. And then just lots of little touches. Like, I love that he takes a moment to have this scene with the little boy imitating his dad while he's making these stressed-out yeah. faces. I love that, like, uh, he and Hooper are kind of like weird buddies right from the get-go, you know, and they kind of are overly familiar. He just walks in and like takes their dinner plate and starts eating like, you know, little human behaviors that I think go well, a long way. And he's somebody who is so competent as a New York police officer, but he's so incompetent on the island. Like, I love this yeah. little boy yeah. has just been eaten by a shark, but he refuses to go on the water. Everyone else is rushing into the water, but he always stays on the water's edge. Yeah. Like, it's just like, ugh. And it's established that he has kind of a phobia of the open water, and that's why it's a, it's a funny choice for him to be a sheriff on an island. But the whole point of being on this island called Amity, it's really filmed in Martha's Vineyard, uh, but it's, 
it's so quiet that like all the complaints he's getting are from old people saying like this person parked in front of my store again. These karate kids are chopping my mailbox. <laughs> yeah, tell I them to stop chopping. I don't know why they suddenly it. have a southern midwestern accent because they're clearly yeah, not. Yeah, they're from there. talking like Honestly, this now. Yeah, yeah, like he just gets bombarded with a bunch of like nonsense, and it's uh, multiple people complain about somebody parking in front of their house, shop, store, whatever. Yeah. Um, but then he goes on to be. Quite the pushover to the mayor. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, he uh, consistently he like the the scene with the little fairy thing uh, was pretty funny because it was just kind of like the the mayor rolled up mob style and was like, "Now listen here, you little shit. Yeah, I'm gonna catch you on the boat where you can't get away from me. <laughs> We're gonna talk about and this." And he's got this medical examiner there, willing to go back on saying it was a shark attack because it's this is their tourist season, you know. And then just like. This other guy who, as you pointed out, was one of the writers, uh, just like hanging out as like muscle. Yeah, yeah. He's just kind of there to like kind of back him up on everything. Yeah, you know? like three on one. Like, hey, it was don't don't tell him it was a shark. Yeah, and I mean that's kind of the brilliance of the structure of this movie is that it's really two different movies in one. The first hour is taking place on Amity when it's starting to become apparent that this shark is going to be a problem. And the second half is just three men out in the open ocean taking care of the problem. I think it works really well. They're two like very distinct kind of flavors of movie, but you also have to recognize the limitations of a movie like this. Like the shark is not going to be scary if everyone is just like, oh, there's a shark. Let's let's stay inland. You know, let's let's go have a picnic somewhere far away from the coast. You know, that shark is no longer a problem. They need to go out, go onto its territory and face it like that. Which, of course, facilitates the creation of the amazing character of Quint, played by Robert Shaw. <laughs> I love Quint. Oh, my God. What an amazing performance. What a weird, wily, well-observed character. Like, And again, like Spielberg's mastery with character. Like This guy could have been very one-note. He could have been very... Uh, Ahab like you know like in his obsession he kind of he was a little bit he's got some notes of that but he's also you also get the scene where they're all sitting around the table getting drunk and comparing scars and singing like that's yeah. one of my favorite scenes of all time yeah me too uh, I've mentioned this before but when I was 15 I tried to memorize it for a drama competition in my lo- my high school uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and tell me you did the accent I, I, I don't remember if I did the accent or not I just remember just being absolutely in love with this monologue and the yeah. rhythm of the monologue and just like the depth of the monologue and yeah you know because it's made for a 15 year old girl yeah uh, absolutely <laughs> You were an old salt from an early age, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and uh, the the monologue that he, uh, Quinn gives, he's talking about the USS Indianapolis, which is a real thing that really happened. Um, a lot of people were killed by sharks. There's a very, very, very bad Nicolas Cage movie dramatizing that event, uh, if you want to see it, from a couple years ago. Um, but it's an incredible scene, and Robert Shaw does not blink in that entire monologue. It's maybe like five minutes of screen time. He does not blink. It's unbelievable. He's so good. Uh, And it's Um, just such a vivid character. So I don't know if we'll ever get to this movie um, uh, in our... And I, I don't know if there's a video game made of it, but uh, Robert Shaw was, is in one of my favorite fight scenes of all time. Ooh, uh, it's from Russia with Love, the train fight. That is a game. James Bond. Oh, yes. <laughs> that is a game. Let me tell you, I loved that game. Yeah. 
It's the final thing that uh, Sean Connery uh, did acting for. He came back to voice character, uh, do some voice readings for the game. Oh, well, I'm looking forward to it because yeah. I, then I, say, I get to talk like about my favorite, one of my favorite fights of all time. Do you yeah. guys know the fight I'm talking about? The Red Grant it's on the train. It's been a while since mm-hmm. I've seen yeah. it, but yeah. 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 Uh, Robert Shaw is just such a stunning actor and uh, a, a haunted man, yeah. uh, but a stunning actor. Died in a car wreck, I think, five years after this. Um, oh, dang. Something like that. But yeah, uh, yeah, pretty unbelievable actor. And then, um, yeah, then the, the other two casts, of course, Roy Scheider, who I love. Uh, All That Jazz is one of my very favorite movies, and he's unbelievable in that movie. He's such an interesting character because he plays some very toxic masculinity people in other and other films that he's in but in um but in jaws he's such he's like the nurturing masculine like he's very gentle yeah, yeah. Uh, willing to admit he's wrong he's willing to admit he's wrong he's looking out for people he's trying to shelter them um and like he realizes um he doesn't think that his opinion is the most important opinion in the room um he's willing he's bitching about it but he's willing to be the lowest rung on the totem pole on that boat because that's what he is he's he's very eager to hand off responsibility to someone else yeah. which kind of which makes him a very relatable character whatever happened this? to him in new york uh brody oh okay yeah, sure brody. yeah and then uh, uh, Richard Dreyfus is playing Matt Hooper here, and he's the the young oceanographer. This is pretty early in Dreyfus's career. Uh, I love Dreyfus as an actor, uh, regardless of what a shithead he seems to be. Keep making himself as a human being. <laughs> he really needs to stop giving interviews. Um, but he's incredible in this movie. He's got such a particular, like, eccentric personality here. Like, little things like making the faces behind other people's back <laughs> when they make fun of him. You know, he's they they do the, the Buster Keaton thing where they, like, deliberately put him against a lot of much taller, broader mm-hmm. men to make him look, like, small and weak. But he never has that inferiority complex. Yeah. He's always kind of, like, squaring up to everybody, including Quint. Like, that's one of the best dynamics in the movie is Hooper and Quint, like, constantly kind of butting heads yeah. and, like, mm-hmm. slowly gaining respect for each other. Yeah, because... <laughs> And then him just badgering, uh, God, what's the officer's name again? Brody. Brody. Just badgering Brody about, like, for instance, hey, open the shark. Yeah. Like, dear God, please, let's just make sure this is the right shark. Uh, You're going to ignore this particular problem until it swims up and bites you in the ass. Yeah. Yeah, he's great. So, I don't know. I... I sometimes wonder if I'm a mayor apologist. I don't know if I am. <laughs> because, like, Marie the mayor Hamilton is all, like, well, he's, like, you're on the dock with, like, 30, 40, 50 people. And he's, like, I don't want to cut the shark open to see a little boy spill out. Yeah. Like, I think that's fair. I think fair. you should still cut the shark open. Uh, yeah. And you should do that it was, immediately. That Maybe. was definitely not his point. <laughs> <laughs> right, he was a valid. Point, he was though. using it, but he definitely wasn't also going. Yeah, let's open it up once the crowd is gone. He he's was... he's the he's the shameless capitalist. He's yeah. the one who you know he, it's his responsibility to keep this town flourishing. He's got an election to win, and so this is the only season. And I I do sympathize a bit with the idea of like a summer town. You mm-hmm. know, like I've I've lived and worked in areas where like they really rely on the summer months. 
to draw in pretty much their whole economy for the year. You know, I, I can sympathize with that and how hard it would be on local business if they didn't have that input. But at the same time, he's just like actively ignoring all the warning signs and just like sending people to their deaths. Like he bullies his little underlings into yeah. going into the water mm-hmm. like when Which, there isn't anything. With his children. With his children. The, it's like, it's like, I'd be like, go fuck yourself. Didn't, yeah. the, didn't, the, uh, didn't Brody do the same thing? No, Brody was trying to keep everybody out from early on. Like, he didn't even want his son playing in the boat that was, like, tied up in the pier. Well, know? after that, though, when they're, when they're on that the ocean. That was when it was still one event. Uh, yeah. yeah, it was an isolated Somebody thing. had died, and he was like, no, no, go on out there. Like, and then okay, it could have been a boat motor. It was, like, yeah. losing his mind. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and if you're having a medical examiner being all like, ah, oh, maybe I was wrong. I was like, mm, okay, medical that examiner. That looks pretty coerced. It, would, it did look coerced, but you're also, as a police chief, you shouldn't be an authoritarian. No. You should be listening to the mayor and to the medical examiner. I mean, I, that's one thing, but then also I would still be like, hey, kids, I just want to make sure you're safe. I would yeah. talk to the press be like, sure. Shark 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 don't don't go to everybody and go oh everything's fine and then immediately be like kids get the fuck in the water I'm also just imagining the the article now like according to local police chief Brody shark 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 it is now shark o'clock the villa the the town of Amity is like really well developed and designed is so tenuous yeah the moment with the morning mother could have been high melodrama yes. and to this day like i was watching it yet last night and i was like how is this not melodrama this woman with this black veil comes up and slaps a man yeah but it, somehow it fucking works and i'm like how, how how did that fucking work this is just a local actress that they hired who lives on the island uh you know she never really had a movie career after this or before this she was just a really good local theater actress and God damn, she is incredible mm-hmm. in that one scene, like conveying so much grief and so much anger. Like when she slaps him, she has like this gasp where she's like, I can't believe I just yeah. did that to this man. But no, my point is valid. Like she is unbelievable for like a non-professional actor. And uh, I think he kind of deserved it. He did. Yeah, do you think he deserved it? I'm not I'm It's not, not saying... fully on him. He's a bureaucrat at the end, but he should have been advocating for. Yeah, I'm not saying that he didn't deserve to be slapped and he oh, didn't yeah, do no, the no, wrong no, yeah. thing. I'm just saying that there are a lot of things that go into like as a police chief, you shouldn't be. You shouldn't be an authoritarian. Right. And and I think like later on, it's so interesting when he goes to um, uh, he goes to the mayor and he says, like, you're going to sign this. You're yeah. going to sign this. You're going to sign this. We're going to hire Quint and you're going to sign this. And he keeps following the mayor around with the, pa- the paper and the pen. And the mayor's just like flailing about like in shock. Yeah. Because um, he's like, I, like when he became the mayor of Amity, Amity, Amity. Yeah. However one pronounces Not that Amityville. Word. Yeah, so no that's a different here. movie. Yeah. Uh, that is a different movie, uh, which I hope there's a video game of. No, sadly. Um, yeah, haunted, that'd be great. Too spooky. Yeah. <laughs> we'll just play Silent Hill. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's just like, um, I don't know where I was going with this, um, but it was just like, it was such an interesting turnabout. Like when you became the mayor of this town, you didn't think that you were going to have people's deaths on your hand, you know? Exactly. And you get the sense that that's exactly why Brody wanted to be sheriff of this town because it's as quiet and safe and boring as possible. He was a New York cop who clearly got burnt out by whatever it was he was seeing and doing in New York. <laughs> New York in the 70s, too. 
Yeah. Or I, my headcanon, he was a Chicago cop with his partner, Popeye Doyle, and uh, they got into all kinds of car chases with the L train and the French Connection and all that. So, but you know. See, in my head, uh, he, he mentored a young John McClane <laughs> who went on to do John Sorry, McClane who, Oh, things. you mean Die Hard. Yes, you mean, you mean Mr. Bruce Die, Die Hard, Hard Willis. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I, I had watched Die Hard with some friends a little while back, and the running joke we had was because he in that movie he says I'm a New York cop so many times that we just started going I'm a New York cop whenever he got on the radio or whatever and so now every time you say it that's just what's flashing in my head <laughs> is two of my friends going I'm a New York cop <laughs> throughout the entirety of that movie we sure still say it is. to each other so to this day I have a, a question that came out of this movie okay that I still struggle with uh, yes sharks are bad when you go to someone's yes. house. Are you supposed to bring two bottles of wine? No, I think the bit was he was indecisive about what they were going to be eating, or or, or he it was an unexpected drop by. Uh, so it was just kind of like a charming little, uh, you know. We established that Hooper is kind of like an upper class, like rich kid, you know, and that feels like that's the polite society thing to do. If you're going to dinner, you bring a bottle of wine, but I don't know what you're pairing it with. And ultimately, the joke is really funny because. <laughs> Brody doesn't he care. He just dumps the entire bottle into entire a pint water glass. glass. Yeah, <laughs> which is uh, the way I drink wine too. Yeah, it's very, <laughs> it's very healthy for you. Lots of antioxidants. I like to drink them in little glasses. Oh yeah, just like, you just feel accomplished when you're pouring. Oh, do like a little brandy like <laughs> sampler like, snifter thing. Yeah, the proper amount. Like an aperitif. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As the local non-alcoholic, I am glad hey, that you hey, answered hey, this whoa, question. Whoa, whoa. I say non-alcoholic in the sense that I don't drink alcohol. Oh, not that's, that's, like that's there's a different word for that. Sober man. Sober. I don't fucking know. That's like a superhero. I, again, still makes us sober like man. As we as we swig from our booze here, but <laughs> either way, uh, yes. Yeah, so, um, so I'm I'm in the clear all the times so I've only brought one bottle of wine. You're good. You're good. <laughs> Uh, it, that is always one of those things that like triggers me a little bit is when he just says, oh, are you eating the rest of that food and just takes the plate and eats it? Mm -hmm. That just seems like such a rude thing to do. <laughs> to go into somebody's house, take their dinner and start eating it. Like I could never do that. But I don't know. I get anxiety about weird like etiquette, things like that. Um, let's talk me about too. the shark. The shark. The shark. Yeah. The thing that's looming over this entire movie now we mentioned that the original shark uh, uh dummy kind of broke down and they had to replace it so we see limited bits of it uh watching this movie now 45 years later on an hd tv how does the shark hold up for you guys in many scenes all right in a few scenes eh. yeah i think in most of the scenes you can definitely you get the feeling of a shark I, what i really like about uh, is the actual shark footage that they use. Yeah. The actual shark footage just brings the film to oh, life okay. in a way that the Bruce the shark, uh, his name is Bruce. Yes. Um, I don't, Nemo fans, that's the, the reference you may have missed. Which I don't know whether or not it was named after Batman's Bruce Wayne, but in my head canon it was. <laughs> um, so what you're saying is that Bruce from Finding Nemo is named after a shark that was named after Bruce Wayne. Well, after Batman. So it's a it's a it's a bad that part diet. is probably a lie, but it's <laughs> it's a lie I'm hoping to believe. Yeah, why not? Why not? <laughs> but I the, like to think it's named after Bruce Campbell. Uh, the live yeah. action footage that they cut in was so good. Um, and did you know that that's why Hooper survived? 
Oh, because uh, because the live action footage showed an empty cage. Wow. Okay, you got lucky this time, Dreyfus. Yeah, you were, <laughs> you were about to be lunch meat, but all we couldn't find any footage of a actual man being actually mangled by actual <laughs> sharks. You know, I. Oh damn, we found the footage, but he didn't have a beard. Damn it! All right, Dreyfus, you're. In. It's not I just, like he's in the sequels or anything. I just thought that that was a really good animatronic. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't even realize. I didn't even <laughs> look. At no point did I. Th- I was just like, "Oh, damn, that's good." Like the way the fleshy bits are moving. Like, dang, thing. when well done. when the shark is like the out of the and water stuff. and chomping, you can kind of see like some creases on the corner of its mouth, whatever. But there are still shots like where the shark is swimming underneath the orca. And that's not like real shark footage. That is the animatronic shark that they made to be 25 feet long swimming under this boat. And it looks real. It looks great. I definitely had missed that the ship was named the Orca. And I was confused for a a short period of time when I was like, why do they keep talking about an Orca? And I was like, oh, the ship is named the Orca. I was doing laundry. There's also an incredible. I also did laundry <laughs> during this movie. <laughs> there, there's an incredible dinner. There's an incredible like Jaws ripoff movie called Orca, starring oh Richard God. Harris. Do you know this movie? I've, like I saw it when I was a small child, and I just remember thinking it was so fucking funny. It is a movie about a whale getting revenge for a miscarriage. It is a crazy movie. It is absolutely <laughs> insane. Now, Which, now, did the shark have the miscarriage? No, no it was the a orca. Whale. Yeah, the, the, oh, sorry, the um, whale. And, yeah. and okay. it's just so. It's like, I think I, I get concerned about the orcas attacking yachts because then, like, where does it end? Where do people start, like, fighting the orcas and then the orcas getting hurt? But, like, the. With, at the, at the time of us recording, orcas are going all over the place, hitting up boats. They're going ham on some yachts. And it's just like, and I'm like, from watching Orca, I'm like, yeah, they're fucking, yeah, makes are they, sense. Are they just hitting the yachts? Uh, they're hitting yachts and they're hitting, um, they're trying to capsize them. Yeah, <laughs> they're just... biting out the bottoms of them, yeah. Eat the rich. They're literally eating the rich. Like, they are. Uh, or, That's so uh, actual kill- funny. Orcas are the greedy what? of uh, 2023. They're the anti-capitalist icons. I, I had no idea this was a thing. Yeah, you should look it this up. This is... Incredible. Off the coast of Spain, and then there was one hit off the coast of Scotland, and they were like, "There was another one just a few days ago." Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, (laughs) Evolution taught orcas that we suck. Orcas talk to each other, so they're um, strong as hell. Yeah, they they can take us. I Um, I typed in orca into Google, and the top response is orcas attacking boats. Yep, that's it. Yeah, it's happening. It's happening a lot. (laughs) Why are orcas suddenly ramming boats? That's a BBC article. Yeah, save that one for later. (laughs) It's happening more and more. It's crazy. Um, but yeah, so, you know, there, there's a, there's an amazing final showdown with this shark where it absolutely decimates a, a shark proof cage. Like in moments, Quint is the casualty. He gets bitten in half in a pretty brutal scene. And Hooper straight up just fucking hides. He hides at the bottom of the sea, which, uh, was also kind of our strategy for the game, which we'll get into in a minute. Yeah. But, uh, and then Brody gets that amazing moment of smile, you son of a kabloom. You know, that's a great moment. Um, he, he eats the shark tank, or he eats the air tank and gets I, shot in the I mouth. I did love how uh, there are, like, pieces of Quint caught in sh- Bruce's teeth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pretty brutal. <laughs> it was pretty brutal. Um, uh, and a, text, like the... a text from Ailish. Uh, Orcas had already learned to ram ice floats to get seals and penguins and stuff, so a boat wasn't a huge leap for them. 
Thank oh, you, biologist. Okay. We have a biologist in the next room. <laughs> and a dog, apparently. <laughs> sorry okay, about that. It's not happy. I'm it's sorry. Okay, Your yacht is not in danger, Gunter. You're fine. <laughs> Gunter, does Gunter like water? Uh, no, he does not. He okay. does not like things. He does not like. <laughs> he doesn't like a lot. He is afraid of all things. I I can on a good day get him to sniff my hand. Yeah. Um. No, it, it was a good day today. He he gave you yeah. a sniff and lick. Yeah. He, he yeah. G- and then he came back for another sniff later. In the meantime, um, the other dog you laid a pillow on top of her an hour ago, and she's still underneath the pillow. So she's I tucked chill. her in. You tucked her I, in. She got a blanket over her, and then I kind of like tucked the pillow so she has something kind of like bulky and warm next to her because yeah. she was like cuddled up in between me and j-band do like, you have a weighted blanket i do i have a weighted blanket i've never used a weighted blanket. i have a duvet that is so heavy that it's a weighted blanket okay <laughs> i have i also have a weighted blanket on the love seat in my room so if i want to take a nap there i can just kind of like up have you heard about the the gene the the genius that is a weighted blanket? I I am familiar with weighted blankets. I should probably get one at some point because I'm ADHD as hell and very twitchy all the time. But I, I sleep very very soundly. So. I, I don't. So. Oh, okay. And this didn't change that, but it does feel more comfortable when I lay down in the bed. Yeah. And I got a lighter one because I I was like I'm also claustrophobic, so I didn't want. I was, like, trying to avoid the crossover point of where I started having claustrophobia dreams. Yeah. So I was like, let's go with something light. Uh, I have a big king-sized on my queen-sized bed and then king-sized sheets, so I have so much blanket to cu- to cuddle with I, and stuff. I also do the same strategy. Oh. Like, there's nothing like having a king-sized duvet on a, on a queen-sized bed. Yeah, it's just I so should nice. probably do that because my sheets are always popping off. This is all very Jaws-related. <laughs> I also don't make my bed, so... Um, I'm, I'm, I'm inconsistent on that particular choice. Do you think that uh, Jaws, yes, that is the name of the shark, mm-hmm. uh, would have been happier if he had a king-sized weighted blanket? No, because if sharks stop moving, they die. And I think a weighted Wait. blanket might... That's a real thing. Yeah. I, I think that's been debunked, but I'm not sure. Well, it's not every type of I shark, think, but yeah. if the biologist is listening in the next room, we say, might get a text correcting this. <laughs> we may need some assistance on this one. Yeah, Our but, biology fact checker. Uh, but yeah, I, I think that might be true of a lot of different uh, types of sharks. I want to say I, breeds, but I don't I think, think that's right. it might be right. the smaller sharks. I think the bigger sharks are pretty okay if they, okay. they just chill the fuck out. There are things like the nurse shark i know can just like chill out and like kind of sit on the ocean floor but um, oh, sharks yeah. been around for 65 million years have you guys ever been to a natural history museum and seen like old sharks yeah, yeah. probably so cool they look very similar but they've got like weird teeth they that's that's a thing and you hear it regurgitated in pretty much every shark-based horror movie the sharks are the perfect killing machine and they have not really changed significantly on the evolutionary scale in 65 million years because they got it right the first time, except they can't stop moving. So who's the chump now? So and I question, there's another existential question. There are so many large animal doom movies out yeah. there, but none of them work like Jaws. No. Like, like there's the ones about gorillas, mm-hmm. crocodiles, anacondas. <laughs> yeah. You're um, telling me arachnophobia didn't work for you. Hey, Arachnophobia is a funny movie. It's a great movie. Yeah. So is Anaconda. I would die on that Anaconda hill. Anaconda was so fucking okay, funny. Okay, what about... Anaconda. It makes me laugh my ass off. What about the masterpiece of... Well, okay, I guess it's not a big animal. I was going to say snakes on a plane. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. I. You know what? Like, 
for all the big deal that people made about that movie, I don't remember a single moment in that movie except for him saying, I'm tired of these motherfucking snakes <laughs> in this motherfucking plane. I remember. What else I'm is pretty there? sure they had frosted tips. Like the hairstyle was frosted tips. Sammy Jackson had the, had the no, frosted tips. Yeah, Samuel Jackson like had the, frosted the tips. Main, like the main guy who was smuggling things. Oh, yeah. Tips. Okay, that's 2006. That tracks. I don't remember anything that Samuel Jackson had hair in. Uh, Die Hard with a Vengeance. Oh, I guess uh, Pulp Fiction as Pulp well. Fiction. Does Jurassic Die Hard with a Vengeance have a video there. game? No, but there are multiple Die Hard games that we will get I to. I love I love that die movie. Hard so maybe, maybe we just die hard movie and that I was my first die one hard at movie. a time it. Yeah, we can one at a time it. Yeah, we can make uh, a little series because there are like three die hard games, but they're not all necessarily tied to die hard. But we can do that. We can do that. Well, there's three really good movies. Yeah. And then two more movies. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I like, we're, we're, Yeah, we got kind yeah, of Yeah, we're talking about Die Hard, so I think that's uh, – we're, we're at the it's end of Christmas our yet. Jaws movie discussion. I think it's time to move on wait, to the wait, Jaws wait. game Before discussion. Before we move on yeah. officially, please, Justin, as a first-timer, did this movie blow your mind? Did it just – like, you liked it? Did you, like, heaven forbid, dislike it? <laughs> Um, I don't think it blew my mind, and I think that's partly – it's like how people compare when modern people watch Citizen Kane for the first time, sure. and they're like, this is bad. This isn't impressive. There's nothing cool about it, and it's because they they don't recognize that all of the best things that came out of Citizen Kane uh, have been – everybody was like, oh, my God, that's incredible, and that's in everything now. It's true. Like Jaws is still the model for the modern yeah. blockbuster. Like and so, you see it so many times. Yeah. Like all the things that were in Citizen Kane, the cinematography, so much of that was brand new, never really been done before at that time. Yeah. And so many of the things from Jaws have kind of been repeated. And I've seen Jurassic Park, hmm? uh, the big animatronics and stuff. Um, obviously, they had two decades. Yeah. Yeah, two decades. Three? Uh, two, 15, no, two, it, two it decades. 18 years between those movies. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in order to to improve that general industry and that type of thing. And so none of the stuff in Jaws really blew my mind. But it was a kind of on the more unique end. Uh, and it's something that I mentioned recently to a roommate where so many movies that have been coming out lately have been kind of on the predictable side. Where I was like, yes, yeah. I know they're going to get the shark. Uh mostly because I've been alive since 95 and at some point Jaws has been referenced many times in my life. Absolutely. Uh, God, we didn't even mention the John Williams score here. Oh right? my God, we, we haven't even talked about the John yeah. Williams score. I mean, um, it's one of those things you don't even really need to mention because it's so perfect. But yeah, but yeah, yeah. It, it does it does so many things well that other movies don't do. And I thought the, the three men on a boat was was very interesting because movies have done things like that since, uh, but none of them do it in such a, I guess, like, real way of, like, they were three men on a boat taking on a big-ass shark. They weren't the cast of the Pirates of the Caribbean in one ship taking on whatever. This was a different kind of movie. Yeah. Uh, this... This wasn't like an action movie. This wasn't like a heroic movie. Um, and so that's what made it so much more interesting and intriguing as these things are happening. Because you're like, 
formulating plans as you're watching. You're going like, oh, man, uh, maybe do this, do that. And then we find out that there's a revolver on the ship or on the boat. And then it's like just so many different things happen over the course of it where you're like, oh, uh, I will say, though, man, that rifle probably would have been handy earlier <laughs> probably not Prob- necessarily so uh i've seen this on many so although i guess the rifle technically when, didn't really do much to the shark it was the tank that did it when yeah. bullets hit water they disintegrate uh so like even if you're 12 inches underwater and you're shot by a gun you're pretty safe but yeah. that shark came out of the water Multiple a little times. Bit, a little bit. Well, there's but a, shark's but skin. a lot of parts shark of the shark. Shark skin is very. Th- shark skin used to be used as armor in yeah. Agent uh, world. So if if Quint had that rifle when the shark was om nom and at him, he could have put a few rounds down that thing. Yeah, throat. but I don't think it would have killed him. Oh, yeah. it would have given it a bad time, probably. Mm, I mean, he's sure. stabbing him a little bit at the end. It's not really doing but much. This, but... I'm talking about like in the I don't internal. Think, I I I don't think uh, I don't think shooting the shark would have. It, it would have made for a pretty boring movie monster if you could That's just shoot true. it once without a air tank in its mouth. But, but either way, I mean, so much to talk about. Uh, uh, Jaws, Chekhov's air tank, uh, <laughs> literally yeah. useless until that point. I guess they did probably take one of those air tanks down. They did. Um. So yeah. So Hooper can hide for literally two hours or whatever he was down there. It for. was only. It was only down there for like fifteen minutes. Yeah, it was. It, it was, was still like, that a was a rapid. No, that was a rapid ending. Like but that I, happened I do, real fast. I did he just spend that whole time looking up at the boat, watching shit happen? Yeah, of course. <laughs> what are you gonna do? Like you're just like you can't go up when the shark's there. You're just like fuck that. Hide out in a coral reef. Uh, I did make comparisons of watching all of that to my roommate about. Uh, there's a video game called Raft. Yeah, where you build a raft in the middle of the ocean, cat like picking up resources that are just like floating around because it's a very littered in ocean. Um, and then the entire time there's a shark following the raft and attacking it periodically and i was making a lot of references to that while we were doing it because like we're not the best at that game we're we're pretty shitty at paying attention we look away come back and half our boat's been eaten we're like what man (laughs) um i do love that the thing that finally took the shark down was like it was a combination of hooper and quince methodologies you know Mm -hmm. hooper was like or hooper wanted to use science and all of this gear Quint just wanted to like bludgeon it and like kill it also. And so you needed both. You needed the tank, you needed the gun. And uh, Brody, as the intermediary, needed to be the one to do it. Very smart. Anyway, we should move on to the game uh, just because I can talk about Jaws the movie all damn day. And Jaws the game is its whole, it's a whole other beast here to talk, talk about. Um, so there are a couple of options that we could have gone with. There's an old arcade game that came out around the same time called Shark Jaws. And there is a 2003 Xbox game called Jaws Unleashed where you play as the shark. Uh, But we decided to go with the Jaws NES game from 1987. This was developed by LJN, our old buddies who made the game Gotcha. We're going to see them a bunch more times because they did a lot of NES game adaptations of movies around this time. They're kind of known for their low quality, not to... Not to gild the lily too much on this, but they are known for kind of uh, turning out some cheap, low-quality video game adaptations. Uh, I don't know. How do we feel like the Jaws game uh, fits into that particular uh, pantheon? Uh, It's a game. It's a game. It definitely falls into the category of games from this time period that just don't tell you anything. 
Yeah. They yeah. don't they don't give you there's no tutorial. There's no explanation. In theory, I guess maybe the booklet that came with the game is your tutorial. Yeah. Um, but the game itself never says anything to you other than you found Jaws. I mean or I guess Jaws found you. Yeah, usually Jaws finds you. I mean it should be said this is a very, very loose adaptation of kind of the series as a whole. It was released roughly in conjunction with the movie Jaws the Revenge in 1987, which is the fourth movie. And it has a couple of elements that are shared like with each of the movies. I think the big element here from Jaws 4 is like the way you actually fight Jaws, which is breaking off the mast of your ship and like ramming it into him. That's that's how you're supposed to ultimately beat Jaws in this game. We Let never me got tell that you, far. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't get far, I think. Yeah, um, um, they have a very random, very random like gift of seashells. Uh, when you kill the animals, some people might be playing it like me and kills. I don't know. 20 stingrays and doesn't get a single goddamn shell. Or you can play it like me and uh, shoot one stingray and get 150 shells. Uh, uh, I don't know. The game just favors me for some reason. Also, fun fact, there is three creatures in the ocean. Yeah. Uh, stingrays, mm-hmm. jellyfish, and sharks. That sounds right. That tracks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's the only all, things out there. All sea life is a variation of one of those and three so things. And the, so the general gist is that you're you're in control of the boat, and you have to go from one port to the other to yeah. get an upgrade. And you have to get sharks along, the, or you have to get uh, shells along the way. And it's kind of like uh, surfing in Pokemon or whatever. Oh, sure. Uh, where you just kind of like randomly get encounters as you're moving along, and you go, ah, and then it cuts to a side view of you swimming around. Yeah, shooting uh, harpoons. Uh, you're you're collecting these conch shells from animal from sea life that most definitely does not have a shell. Uh, manta rays and jellyfish are not be shelled creatures. In some cases, bones. Uh, even bones. They're not even really animals that there, would eat a conch shell yeah. to like have you drop it from its stomach contents. Maybe a shark, you know. But uh, mostly, you're encountering stingrays and jellyfish. Your goal basically is to go from one port to another. You're supposed to collect enough shells to buy an upgrade for your boat and then sail back to the original port and then sail back again and sail back back and forth until you have your ship upgraded enough that you can actually fight Jaws. Like you said, it's random encounters. You'll sail around this very, very small map. Uh, you'll have these random encounters that will switch to side-scrolling, like shoot em up levels where you try and collect more shells. Sometimes you will get attacked by Jaws. Now, Jaws cannot be killed in these... Portions. I sure as heck tried. You really tried, and you got farther than I think I've ever seen. You, you got three life bars down, so good job. That's that's quite impressive. Like it takes a lot. So really, your whole goal with when Jaws pops up in these early stages is just to evade him. But these sections are very annoying. I compared when we were playing. I compared it to kind of like an NES version of the ET game that we were talking about because. That's basically what you're doing. You're wandering around a map. You're falling into holes that you can't (laughs) see. You switch from an overhead view to a side view, and you need to figure out how to get out of this hole. And I couldn't really figure out what exactly got you out of the hole. Sometimes it's just staying alive long enough. Sometimes it's killing a certain number of sea creatures. Sometimes it's collecting a certain number of shells. Either way, it seemed kind of random when you were going to be pulled out of these little side-scrolling sequences and brought back to your boat, right? Did you guys see any rhyme or reason to that? No, and it also seemed like when you were doing well, you started, like, every pixel you moved, you got sucked down back into the ocean. Yeah, that might just be my luck. 
(laughs) (laughs) I was not having a good time. I I would get out of an encounter, move three squares, and be back into another encounter. Yeah. Um, It was real frustrating. Uh, Yeah, and so the, the, the name of the game is... Don't get eaten by sharks. Don't get stung by jellyfish or get Steve Irwin. Yes. Um, and boy, howdy, did we do some of those multiple times. It's one of those very frustrating NES games where, like, it's not necessarily hard. It's just it doesn't give you a lot of chances. You and get then, three lives, one hit, and your life is over. And if you lose a life, you also lose half of your shells. And presumably all of your upgrades. Yeah, yeah all, all of your, your upgrades, upgrades, everything. And so. so then you have to go back and forth. And so ultimately what we were running into was like we had enough shells for presumably the next upgrade, but we would get hit on the way back. Yeah. Um, Like you just have to play the game really carefully to get far, which is boring. It's pretty boring. Yeah. Yeah. It's really just a lot of like sailing back and forth. It's kind of like if you're playing like an old Final Fantasy or a Dragon Quest or something and you need to grind to level up your character. And you're just walking around the same patch of the map because you know that's got the slimes that you know you can beat. Like, that's except, that's basically what this is, except it's just no EXP, just lots and lots of sea fish and shells. And the, yeah. the things those games all did was they gave some kind of indicator when you were coming up on something. Yeah. Um, like, uh, a few of the games would be, you'd get, like, a little icon in the corner, and it would go from, like green to blue to or blue to green to yellow to orange to red and that's like how likely the next encounter is going to be sure and so as it gets to red you're like all right we're we're in this we're good yeah um but here there's zero indication of anything no except every once in a while jaws appears on the map yeah you see the fin which is almost bigger than your boat yeah but jaws also appears to be Ever present, just not always visible. Yeah. Because there was a couple of times where I found Jaws, and Jaws was literally nowhere to be seen. Yeah. Uh, and it was not a good time. And sometimes he'll just appear even when, it, like, you. sometimes you'll hit, like, you'll get a, a, an alert that says, like, oh, you hit something. And then you go into the side-scrolling bit. Sometimes they'll say, you hit Jaws, or Jaws hit you. And sometimes Jaws will just be there whether it says that you hit them or not. And I, I did notice the first time that that happened, Jaws was visible on the screen. It was just like a tile or two away. Okay. So I don't know if, like, if Jaws is within a certain radius of you, Jaws is there too. Um, All of this sounds absolutely thrilling. Yes. Honestly, it was, <laughs> exactly. it was fun for a couple round for like six lives worth. I liked, so there was definitely shooting. Yeah, de- was, undeniably. There was definitely shooting. Rapid fire. Uh, but it, it just got rather tedious because like you couldn't keep the things you had acquired after you like get hit once. Well, and the stuff um, that you acquire isn't that useful, right? No. The first thing you get is like a Jaws uh, tracker that'll make beeping sounds when he gets close. But like, bitch, you can see him. Like, he's got his fin. Like, you don't need a tracker to tell me he's close. I see his ass. It's sticking out of the water. Like, what's the problem here? I had mine for 0.2 seconds. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) I moved three squares, and I hit a a square that I thought I could move through that I couldn't, and Jaws got me. Also worth noting, uh, the iconic John Williams score, not present (laughs) here. Not present. They did not have the license to that, so they found something kind of close, which is sort of like a... Like they're playing opposite notes on a major key, I guess. Like I don't, I don't know quite it, what their strategy was here, but it's it was like influenced, but in no way was it close. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it didn't even have like a dun dun dun. 
Yeah. None of that. Right. Like, if you saw this in another movie, you'd be like, all right, well, I guess they're kind of ripping off Jaws, but not really, you know. Like, I don't even know if I would think of Jaws as the movie that they were ripping off. I would just mm. be like, oh, this just sounds kind of like generic they movie music. didn't mm. even name the ship Orca. No. Did they even name the ship? No. Not in this, because, like I said, it's kind of an ambiguous like blend of a oh. couple of the movies, and I wasn't going to make you guys watch all four of these. <laughs> There's <laughs> also bonus levels where oh, sometimes, levels. sometimes when it clears you from the encounter, it'll go, oh, you've got a bonus encounter, and the bonus encounter is you fly a plane back and forth and drop bombs on jellyfish? Yeah. Seems, one, impractical. Yeah. Two, Probably illegal. Yeah. Um. And three, kind of annoying. Kind of annoying. Yeah. I'm but you always, get a lot of free shells from it. Like every every section of this game, it, like it just kind of overstays its welcome. You know, like yeah. the side scrolling bits could be fun if they were shorter. That bonus level could be fun if it was shorter. Like if we could get a little bit more to the point here. And if you had a promise of more animals, of of more games, of more things, but this just feels like this is it. There's a limited range that they could get away with on the NES, but they could have gotten away with more than this. They could have done more. There are plenty of NES games that are much more elaborate than this, have more than three types of enemies, and have a larger map than a postage stamp. Yeah, I would so have taken a different colored Stingray, to be honest. Just yeah, just, just make just one standard purple. brown. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, do something. Different like, shades of brown. Yeah, yeah. I mean, give us more power-ups, give us stronger harpoons, something like that. And we don't really get any of it. Really, your ultimate goal, like we said, is to power up your ship enough that you can ram Jaws with it. Do we when know you, how, how many times enough is? I don't know for sure. I think I got there once. So I have actually played this game for a podcast in the past. If you check out patreon.com slash ultra64pod, you'll find our little series where we played every Jaws game. Uh, which was it was a good time and I don't remember if we got to the final boss that time either I have seen it on YouTube it switches to a first-person view and you need to kind of steer the boat towards the shark um, but I don't think I've ever gotten that far on it uh, so I don't know it doesn't look all that much more entertaining but it is mimicking the finale of Jaws for the Revenge even though everything else is just kind of ambiguous. it's, uh, But it's not a very accurate um, adaptation of really any of the Jaws movies in particular. Oh, apparently the crabs that we were finding uh, as oh, items yeah. you'd get from killing them just made you faster. Oh, that's all they did? Oh, yeah. oh okay. I was wondering what the crabs did. Well, that's that, that makes sense because every time before I go for a run, I usually just eat a big old crab. I just, I just eat it shell and all, and then all of a sudden I've got the energy of a crab. Yeah, it's really nice. But oh, I, I would love thing in the opening of, of Jaws where they have that beach party. Yeah, there's a lady who has ripped a lobster in half. Yeah, and she's just sort of like playing with the lobster because it's clearly a fake lobster. Yeah. The, 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 this is the first time I watched uh, Jaws on in HD, so I got I got to see quite a few of like some of the seams that you don't don't really see on the big screen or like when you watched it in non HD. Yeah, but I just thought it was hilarious that she'd like ripped like she had two halves of this plastic lobster and she was just like dancing with it i mean yeah that this was my first time watching the hd as well and like that pg rating doesn't really apply anymore because that very tastefully hidden nudity in the beginning of the movie <laughs> is very clear now yeah so um that's just something i guess if you have young children and you're watching this with them maybe just be aware of that uh do you want to hear how this game works yeah so 
We probably uh, should have looked at this before we played yeah. it. Oh, well. The items encountered, yeah, yeah, yeah. The first port visit gives the player a receiver, which tracks the location of Jaws relative to the boat, the faster beats, whatever. Future visits to the port afterwards increase overall attack power against Jaws. Oh. But dying only seems to lose you the tracking device, losing a power level if you had upgraded your attack power by just one. Um, the loss of half your shells and complete health for Jaws. But also, killing the small sharks, because there are smaller sharks yeah. than Jaws that you can kill, that's what was causing the airplane thing. I oh. see. Okay. I mean, they're they're not that hard to kill. And apparently, you can change the speed of it. Oh. <laughs> okay. We didn't figure that out. No. Um. And then, uh, extra life is awarded every thirty thousand points. Okay. And you can also find a submarine. Ooh. Oh, that fun. basically just you now control the submarine in the diving mode. It's a little bit slower, but it has more weapons. And if it gets hit, you get kicked out of it. It explodes, but you don't die okay. so you basically get like a little bit of extra and then uh you have to take him down in health far enough i think all the way down and then you get to the uh the murder jaws scene okay um i i, I was struggling when we uh, i don't know if it's time for us to talk about ratings yeah let's do it uh, but so I'll go first and I'll say great movie. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, obviously. Uh, one of the greatest of all time. Um, like definitely in my top 10. Mm -hmm. Um, but the video game, I, I was struggling because we've played such devastatingly bad games. Our bar is low. Our bar is so low. The, like, it's not a good game, but you like, you're not going to like cry that it's so bad but that bar is really low so i think i should call it a bad game just yeah. because like my bar like like vertigo was so awful and like there's so many other like et is so awful like and so other games just weren't playable yeah um but this one is is definitely playable yeah, like it's there's moments there's definitely moments of like increasing difficulty and you could play it and not like throw your controller against the wall <laughs> uh but that's a low bar so i'm gonna say a bad game yeah yeah i'm with yeah. you on that how about you justin um uh yeah i think it was a good movie um but honestly i you think you think <laughs> it was a good yeah movie? I, I think it was it was, uh, it was okay well i just like i think it's so interesting because like what you said earlier was like couching yourself in terms that this movie didn't blow your mind and i still i can't conceive of how this movie didn't blow your mind. Because well, I saw it for the first time in 2023. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It would still... when uh, The first time I saw this movie, I, it was like, oh, man, I fucking... I found the Rosetta Stone. Like, this is... Movies make more sense to me now since so I've seen this movie. That was my impression. But everyone's... Uh, yeah. Some people have very, very wrong opinions, which is fine. <laughs> it's fine to be wrong. No, I mean, I thought it was a good movie. Yeah. Um, I Like, I, I, don't, I can't be too hard on the game. No. Because uh, everything seems to work. Um, in terms of gameplay, nothing was clunky. Uh, the overhead driving, the overworld driving or piloting mechanic for the boat was kind of mediocre. I would say you were really good at the game, and you you even um, did some like shots I didn't think were possible. Like you were skirting like on top of Jaws, like ja you were basically riding Jaws for a little bit. And I don't know if that was a glitch or intentional, but you were doing it. Uh, I yeah, I quickly learned how to not die to Jaws. I just instead died to Stingrays. Um, 
but uh yeah i mean i don't necessarily think it was a bad game like i i don't necessarily think it was a good game but if i if i was a kid and i got this game in the 70s this game probably would have been pretty solid i mean yeah. um like to modern standards it's not so good it wouldn't have come out in the 70s was, there weren't was it 87 oh right right because yeah. it came out after the fourth one yeah yeah i mean even in 87 i don't think it would have been that bad yeah did they even have when they have the Atari in seventy, yeah, they had yeah Pong. the Atari was yeah Atari. wild. Um, I mean, when you throw this up against ET, right? How wh- what was the time difference between ET and this? Seven years. Seven years. Seven yeah. years earlier. Uh, this was seven years earlier. Yeah. This was seven years earlier. Yeah, this was seventy-five. ET was eighty-two. What the fuck were they doing? No, yeah. no, Jesus. the video game was seven years. Was oh no, oh was you're talking the about the game? game. Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, yeah, the yeah. game was '83, and then the game for this was '87. So that was okay. Four so years they had four four years. Okay, of, my bad. I, of time. I, I misunderstood. Um, yeah, I mean, I it had music that you didn't hate. Um, it was okay. It yeah. wasn't great, but it was uh, video game music. Um, I. Like I, I'm hesitant to say it was a good game, but I don't think it deserves a bad game. Okay, all right, so you're kind of in the middle. I mean, I agree that I kind of have a little misguided soft spot for this game. Like it's not, it's not good, but yeah, it is basically functional and basically playable. And there is something about it that makes me want to see it. Are we having a, a new bit. category? Just functional? Functional game. That's how bad it's gotten with all the games we've chosen. Like, yeah, oh man, we're playing some rough ones, but. Uh, you know, yeah, I think for me, it's a great movie. Bad game is where I need to land on it. But again, it's a bad game with an asterisk. This is not, this is not like misguided and boring on the level of Vertigo or just completely inept on the level of ET. But it is uh, not great. It's yeah. pretty boring and it gets it gets old pretty fast. And like, I think the game also reminds me a lot of the type of thing like I was saying earlier, where uh, I've played games that have used all of the mechanics in this game yeah uh, like uh feeding frenzy was a great game on the xbox live arcade where you were a fish in that side view and you got bigger by eating yeah fish that were smaller than you yeah yeah um and so like i've played a lot of games that definitely used very similar mechanics and i've seen the evolution of gaming out from this but like this you said this came out in 87 yeah uh, they were still figuring a lot of this out, right? They didn't have, yeah. like in modern times when you make a video game, uh, you have something to work off of. You're not trailblazing, right? Yeah. You you can play games that have similar mechanics. Um, I think of game ideas all the time. I play video games often. Yeah. Um, and, like, none of it's groundbreaking. Sure. So many... Uh, the ground's been broken. Yeah, the ground was broken already, and so they were breaking the ground at this point. Yeah, um, which I, yeah, I think I lean a little bit towards the bad game, especially in modern times. But I, I think that they didn't do a bad job with it. Everything seems to play the way it should. Yeah, um, and it seems to be at least I, I won't say universally interesting gameplay, but it's not terribly disinteresting yeah but it's also super boring because you've got a map the size of a postage stamp and it's just like you go from one port to the other port to the other port to the other port it's just like back and forth back and forth back and forth and i don't know there are plenty of really great games that were out at this time and i just think that this isn't 
in the realm of good. This was the same year that Legend of Zelda came out. If we need some context, this yeah, is the same yeah. Legend of Zelda I mean, and look, Jaws were in the If you had to pick time. a game from 87, it's probably not probably this game. Ones, yeah. <laughs> but but you know, uh, hey, I, yeah. I I had a I always have a decent enough time playing this goofy little game even though it is not good. Yeah, I mean, the visuals and the colors seem fun and interesting. Yeah. Um, they this seem is to how have... bad it's gotten. We're grasping for yeah. interesting colors. <laughs> yes. yes. Well, I mean, kind of. This time period, we had games with like six colors total, and you're like, guys, come on. Yeah. Um. So they they definitely did work with it. Yeah. Um. Like this probably isn't the best game. They probably didn't put their full effort of an entire studio behind this. Probably but it seems like it was just like two or three dudes. Just I think like, yeah, Gotcha was a lot more fun. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. But yeah, similarly yeah. limited in its scope. But yeah, but I would say Jaws the movie, probably better than Gotcha the movie. <laughs> yes, that's in. true. I mean, it depends on how much you... I'm not even going to finish that sentence. <laughs> I had two different ideas in mind. I didn't like either ending to that. They canceled each other yeah. out. That'll happen. That'll <laughs> happen. <laughs> So they double I negative. believe Justin has picked our next movie. That's right. This week was a J-Man's oh. choice. Next week is a Justin's choice. I'm very curious to say. You, you yeah. haven't revealed this to us. What no, we're gonna be I haven't. Right, so um, this is a big dramatic moment. What yeah, are we going to be playing next week? I looked through the list and I was like, oh, Starship Troopers. And I remembered like the game is just coming out. Steve reminded me and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, it's still in beta. Um, so instead, I picked Scarface. Scarface. Ooh. Interesting oh. pick. Okay, okay. Because I'll have oh. things to say about this. I'm going to have things to say about this movie. Oh, and boy. I don't think we're going to agree on this movie because I, I have strong feelings on this movie. I've, I've only seen it once, and it's been like 20 years. So I'm excited I, to I think I, my sweet, my, uh, the soft spot for me is actually with the game and yeah. not the movie. Okay. Um, okay. I'm excited. But, I've never played the game either, so I'm excited. Keep a, keep a lid on. We'll it. keep a lid yeah, on. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm not going to go any further. But I have seen this movie, I think literally once. Me too. Like yeah. a decade ago, maybe longer. It's not the type of movie that I'm like, oh, let's throw Scarface on. Right. Um, yeah. It was more so of I. I was like, you know what? I played this game so much. It's kind I of a should box. Watch checky. the movie. Like I feel like I understand what happens. But I'm, I'm definitely interested to rewatch it. Um, that's that's going to be fun. So definitely tune in next week for Scarface. Uh, feel free to send us an email at cinemarcadepodcast at gmail.com. Check us out on Instagram at cinemarcadepodcast. Um, and yeah, thank you everybody for listening. Uh, and until next time, stay out of the water and stay in the cocaine, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is the podcast yeah, that advocates I guess cocaine. So. There you go. All right, everybody. We will see you next time. Nerds. Just keep rolling, 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 rolling. What? <laughs>
I have the lyrics. All of your references today are like Linkin Park, Lim Bizkit. Like, Look, you're locked in the early 2000s right uh, now. I listen to a lot of music from the early 2000s. Okay. I have so many Lim Bizkit songs memorized. I am I am going to reject right now any nostalgia people have for early 2000s new metal. I'm going to reject it. It was bad then. It's bad now. I, I I um I'm almost positive I've heard every single song Limp Bizkit has ever released. I probably have too. And they're bad. Um, the Unquestionable Truth Part One was probably their best album, <laughs> and nobody listened to it because <laughs> it happened after the band kind of broke up or well, like as they the broke up. Chocolate Star are we recording era. yet? Yes, it was we are. That. This is all gold. Yeah, this <laughs> this is the intro. Yeah. <laughs> Limp Bizkit is on. 100% brand for this movie. If you paid me $1,000, I don't think I could name a Limp Bizkit song. Oh, come on. Break stuff? Keep rolling, rolling, rolling. Rolling? I already what? referenced that one. They did Is a really just bad... just called Rolling? Yeah. yeah. They did a really bad it's cover. I could rolling with no G. They did a really bad cover of George Michael's Faith. Yeah, they did. Uh, yeah. yeah um, that was my introduction to George Michael's. <laughs> Me too. They also <laughs> did the theme to like Mission Impossible 2. Oh, God, they did. Yeah. Now I know why you want to hate me. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> this is all going in the episode. This is all I going on the so. show. This is great. <laughs> the other great era of rock, the 70s. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Seamless transition. What came out in the 70s? Uh, uh, fog everything? hat? <laughs> Did you say fog hat? Yes. <laughs> oh, yes. yeah. For some reason, I was thinking fog horn, but that is, yeah, fog hat is. Oh, that's the chicken from Slow Looney Tunes. Yeah, yeah, that is the yeah. chicken from Looney Tunes. Okay. Are you serious? <laughs> Have you not heard rock and metal from the 70s? No, I was joking. Okay, good. Uh, I was actually trying Black to make Sabbath, a reference. Led Zeppelin, yeah. I was saying what came out in the 70s, and I was thinking somebody was going to go, Jaws! Because that came out in the 70s, right? <laughs> well, you could have done that. We did not, yes, and very Look, I, I set them up. It's up to you guys to knock them down. <laughs> okay, I'm going to start the show for real now. <laughs> it's all in. It's all going in. 